AML audio. AML audio. AML audio. This is episode one of AML audio. Guys, this is my first AML podcast. Um, My name is Stephen Brent Sargent. You know me from my activity on LinkedIn. I'm currently employed as an AML investigator in the manager role at HSBC. So this is just an AML audio. This is a little bit of flavor for you on the AML point. This episode, we will cover making it in New York City, uh, the trials and tribulations of getting a job in AML in New York. Um, the views and opinions of this podcast are of my own and do not reflect or represent any of the views or opinions of my employer, HSBC. I want to get those disclaimers out of the way early. I want to give a shout out to my friend Desmond Blackman, who's producing and is the visionary of this whole project. Neil Agard, a.k.a. Guscati, who presided the instrumentals for this first episode. Faisal Khan is uh, the payments guru that, you know, for setting me on the path for success. And to my wife, who's watching my son in the other part of the library and keeping him busy. Uh, Show notes, as soon as Desi B figures out how to do that, will be linked and the resources will be covered in this episode on one platform. So I just want to talk a little bit about how I got here. I was working as a paralegal at DNH, now called Finastra. Uh, it's a fintech company in Mississauga. You know, I want to do my job better. I started listening to fintech podcasts, mostly around the coin and breaking banks by Brett King. Around the coin had Faisal Khan, uh, Brian Romley, and Mike Townsend. Great episodes. They talked about compliance officer. I got interested in. I'm not. I love fintech, but I'm not good at the technical stuff. How can I get into the fintech area? How can I get into the startup space? There was one episode where Faisal Khan talked about being a compliance officer. I knew right away that was the position for me. I emailed Faisal Khan about how to become a compliance officer. He literally got back to me within about 20 minutes. You know, that was very important. He gave me, he set me on some guides of what I should and shouldn't do and how to get into the industry. And that's what I'm sharing with you guys in my posts and this podcast. So I took a little course, went to a networking event, engaged with hundreds of LinkedIn connections and you know, was able to get a job at HSBC to start my AML career. For those that don't know, AML stands for Anti-Money Laundering. So the reason I'm doing this podcast is for, you know, a lot of people have been messaging me on LinkedIn and other platforms wondering, how do I get into AML? What's the transition like from coming from another country? Working at HSBC, I work with several, you know, different people from that, this is spending their first year in Canada. So they have AML experience from around the world. So I really wanted to do something to help out those. Because when I started my AML career, there was no information on what courses. There's about seven or eight different certifications and courses. I had no idea what would be the best um, for people to take. So I wanted to share my own experience. And this is just my own own opinion and experiences I went through. There's several other ways to get into AML and there's several other directions you could go. But I really wanted to bridge that gap for information. So when I, when I released my first article called AML is not rocket science, uh, a lot of people messaged me saying, you know, I'm in New York. I live in the New Jersey, New York, greater area. It's impossible for me to get into New York. I jumped on the phone call with a couple people and learned that, you know, it is really difficult. They say if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. But how do you make it in New York if you can't get your foot in the door? So I, re- I reached out to one of my closest connections and a good friend, Amar Patel. He's a lawyer and attorney in New York City. He's actually moving to North Carolina. But he talked to me about his struggles and trials of trying to get into AML. He tried to apply for jobs where there was no experience. 
he was given an opportunity for from a friend of his and you know it's sometimes it's not all about what you know it's really about who you know in the industry and I know what you're gonna say well I don't know anybody how do I get into the industry so I'm gonna talk about some of the points that he talked about and I put in some of my input you know I think right now we'll pause for a commercial break I'm just joking. Yeah, we have no commercials. We have we have no sponsors, guys. We not yet. You know, I do want to shout out the Maple Library, who's provided this amazing studio for me to work in. Guys, you gotta check out your local libraries these days. The new ones, it's amazing. They have rec full recording studios. They have a video screening room. This whole room that I'm recording in right now is a green room, and it's just amazing audio. It's, it's just something, guys. It's free. Your tax dollars are paying for it. I suggest you go check out the new library and just see the amazing resources they have in them now. So what are some of the pain points I talked to Amar about? It appears that the door is shut for you to get into AML in New York City. It's a tight-knit community. So how do you break through that door? How do you get into and around the people that are making decisions about the hiring and firing in the AML community? I think the first suggestion Amar told me is networking. You know, I preached about it in, in my previous posts on LinkedIn that networking is the key. And that just doesn't mean like going out and handing out business cards. That means networking over LinkedIn. And I know it's hard. I, I probably messaged over 200 AML professionals in Canada and worldwide just asking them what designations are good. What, you know, what are some of their job responsibilities? What tr trouble did they have transitioning into the business? The people that respond give you such great information and insight. They're talking about their own experiences. They're going to give you hacks, amazing hacks that are going to get you far beyond just trying to research it in Google. And plus, it's, you're building relationships as well. So I encourage LinkedIn users to really update your profile. I did an article that didn't get very much views on you know, updating your headshot. You should probably go check that one out. You can get headshots for $35 at Magenta. But... You know, you should really update your profile. Even if you have a job, I have a job and I'm still active on LinkedIn. I still want to meet people. I'm on the phone probably three or four times a week talking to different AML professionals. And it doesn't have to be people that are going to help you get jobs. I talk to recruiters in Nova Scotia, recruiters in New York. That's how you learn about the situations and help you do your job. Everyone has great insight. So that's something I really want to push the AML professionals listening to this podcast is you really have to take your time and network. It's easy. It's free. It's just your time. It doesn't cost you anything. But the first thing uh, Omar talked about was the ACAMS events. He says the ACAMS, especially if you're in the New York chapter of ACAMS, and just as a disclaimer, I don't believe in New York, you actually have to be a member to attend their events. So there's really no excuse. In Toronto, I know some of these events where it has 400 of the top AML professionals at ACAMS events are only like $25. $10 if you're a member, so you might want to spend the $50 to become a member. I'm not sure if you have to be ACAMS certified in order to become a member, but that's something that you can look into. But he says the New York events are just, you know, the top, top of the line events in NYC. They're very informative and, you know, Amar is not just there for the professional, he likes to party, so... He says that after the whole information part of the ACAMS events, there's a really big social dynamic to the event where they like to party and drink and socialize afterwards. So this is a place you don't need to go and shake hands and talk. You do whatever it is your style. If you're an introvert, kind of like I am, where I don't like to really you know, express and talk to people unless I really get to know them. You know, my first networking event, I stuck out like a sore thumb, but I shook hands and I met people. And what I realized is everyone's there to meet and network. It, you know, you feel scared, like, oh, I don't want to embarrass myself. But people that are actually going to networking events see the value in them. They're going there to meet new people too, whether they're in the position of power or not. So it's very important 
to go there and you know learn some of the buzz phrases people are talking you know if you're in the fintech community people are talking about icos and bitcoin and ethereum and classic and hard forks you have to go into aml and learn learn what the hot topics are so that you can go home and research these topics on your own you know it's it's so important to go in there and learn the buzz phrases and get immersed in the culture because when people are going to aml events they're talking about aml there's huge huge macro issues like de-risking and anti-money laundering and Bitcoin being able to trace Bitcoins and cyber security. These are the things that people are talking about. You need to know, you need to keep a pulse of what's going on in the AML industry. And you'll learn a lot. And I, I feel if you're going to the same events and seeing some of the same people, they're gonna associate you with AML. That just makes sense. You're posting on LinkedIn, you're going to events, you're shaking hands, they're gonna be like, oh, Stephen Brent Sargent likes AML. He likes FinTech, he likes cryptocurrency. That makes sense. People are people are visual, right? They're gonna see you and associate you with AML, someone that's interested. And that has to be come from within. You have to wanna to be interested. You have to feel like this is where you wanna be. And you know, I feel that even even Amar told me that several recruiters go to these events. Obviously, if you're a recruiter looking for top talent, you're gonna to wanna to see people that I live there nine to five. What are they doing with their time? You know, and I, you know, when I was speaking with my employer, you know, I tell them like, you know, I work here nine to five, but AML is what I do. I do these podcasts, you know, out of my own free time because like I want to be immersed in, in the atmosphere and really just gain as much knowledge as possible. And that's really how you're gonna beat other candidates if you're trying to find a job in New York, you know. And not even just ACAMS events. There's probably the certified financial crime specialist events, CFCS. They also have a New York chapter. There's meetups. Now I haven't actually been to any meetups. I don't want to give advice where I haven't actually gone to. I've been to Toronto AML ACAMS meetup or ACAMS event, so I, I can speak on that. The meetups, you know, I, I don't know how these things work. It's usually a small group of dedicated people. I don't know how engaged they are or how far they come out. But even if you have 15 people that are so big on AML that they want to meet every Thursday, it, it seems like a good idea to want to be around those people or at least figure out what they're doing. Try it out, you know. I've tried to do everything at least once to see how it works. Some things don't work with my schedule. People want to talk to me during the day with a young son, that's impossible. But I, I talk, you know, I phone, I take phone calls at 8.30 at night. You have to do what works for your schedule and your lifestyle. But obviously those people, there's a, I believe there was one I looked into. It was called Gotham True Crime and Investigations Meetup in New York. That seemed like it was a little bit more cyber technology side. But I think that's the way that AML is going. It's going to be technology based. And there's also risk groups. You know, when you're talking about AML, you're not just talking about AML. There's different functions of AML. There's sanctions. Uh, there's name screaming, <clears throat> name screening, and uh, enhanced due diligence. So you really want to get immersed in like AML. So it's subsidiary with risks and compliance. So getting into those industries and talking to professionals in those aspects is also good. So really what you need is tips for getting in your foot in the door. It's very hard. Some great tips from Amar, he said, you know, you have to lower your standards. I know it's hard because I see on even my feed that they're, you know, they're paying people $100 an hour to do different AML functions. And, you know, you might get to the point where you're like, oh, well, that's the price that they're paying. That's the price that I should be, you know, that's the price I feel I deserve. But if you're new to AML, just like any other job, you might want to take a, you know, take a look at lowering your standards. You might have to take an entry level position for $35 to $40. And I know that doesn't sound like, that sounds like a lot for maybe some of my Toronto counterparts, but in New York, that doesn't seem like, you know, that might be on the lower end. 
you might want to get into different lower scale functions. So you might not just start an AML, especially with zero experience. You might not just start an AML in investigations or in policies and procedures. You might have to go into name screening and enhanced due diligence. Some of the intake positions that are you know, a little bit more entry level. Uh, another thing is the designations. I, you know, I speak highly of ACANs just because I have it. I'm taking my CFCS soon, so I'm going to obviously speak about that when I get a little bit more involved. Another one is certified fraud examiner. I think that just really well, you know, is well-rounded in regards to the fraud aspect. As I said, AML dives into so many different functions in other, other business departments, so it's, it's good to get a good base of, from different designations as well. Amar also mentioned having accounting or auditing experience. You know, people are coming from ANL from so many different functions, law enforcement, fraud functions, they're coming from collections, they're coming from legal. So, you know, having accounting or auditing backgrounds is a great segue to get into AML. There's specific AML auditing functions, but even to get in on a lower base and work your way up to it is great. Obviously now everything is coding. They want to teach kids how to code. Everyone wants to learn how to code. You can go on Udemy or other uh, places. Desi, where do you see you know, different places where you can code? Man, just go online. Online. You know what? Google. Google is your friend, is it not? <laughs> Google is your friend. There's so much different coding. SQL. I'm not even sure if I'm saying that. SQL. I don't know. Actimize. Is there any other ones, Desi, that you... There's a JavaScript, a Python. Online. JavaScript, I hear, is big with AML now. People are going to ask, I'm not sure. I was speaking with Nako Mabel. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her name right on LinkedIn, and she was talking about how JavaScript is making a comeback. Maybe some of the newer, um, the newer cryptocurrencies or the newer fintech stuff is using that JavaScript. I'm not sure why, but it's something to look into. Um, so some of the financial institutions that I heard in New York that are looking to hire, JP Morgan, I heard, is a big proponent of hiring intake positions. You're probably starting at around $35, $40 an hour, but you know, Citibank in Jersey City, I spoke to um, Stuart Rosenthal, who's a great recruiter out in New York City, who, who posts a lot about different functionalities. He does, you know, he does recruiting for all different financial institutions, uh, all different financial institutions positions, but he does have a small segment in AML. And I talked to him and he told me that, you know, Citibank, there are spots in Jersey City. I did my own research and you know found that there was some for like thirty dollars for analyst positions. It's a great way to start. HSBC, obviously, I'm going to be a little bit biased because I work for HSBC. But one thing I found about HSBC is many of the professionals are foreign or coming from a different country. This is their first year in Canada, but they have years and years of AML auditing experience from overseas. And you can just tell, they, it's just a different, when you're bringing knowledge from a different country and applying it to Canada, it, it just gives a wealth of different experiences that are being brought to the table. So I really, you know, that's one of the reasons I love HSBC. I love working with different cultures. And they're just, not only the food, because like we eat samosas all the time, not just the food, but all, all the different, you know, aspects that they bring in from their educational and employment background from different countries really helps. So I would think HSBC has, they have an office in New York. That's something to look up. Uh, I don't have, no, I don't have any links. You know, just a lot of people message me about getting jobs at HSBC. And I always give the flat response that, uh, you know, most of the pos uh, contingent positions or uh, contract positions are done through agencies. I don't have someone I can just hand a resume to on the point that I don't provide 
references for positions for someone that I don't have a long-standing working relationship for. So, you know, people can message me. I'll give you some basic insight, you know, some of the qualities that HSBC looks for, those kind of things. But if you need someone to pass a resume out to someone that's going to make a hiring decision, unless I have a long-standing or working relationship with you, uh, that's something that I don't do. But, you know, there's people on LinkedIn that you might be able to connect with that might have that opportunity to do. Other banks in the States or United States, especially in New York, is uh, Bank of America and Barclays. So, so those are some of the options that I think that people can do. I've tried to give you some of the, I've already provided you know, my insight on how important I think ACAMS is. Having the certified anti-money laundering specialist designation when you have no previous experience is almost essential. Uh, Amar is a lawyer, so I, he did give me the insight that if you're a lawyer, you might be able to buy, bypass the CAMS designation because you have that legal experience and that legal background, that critical thinking. But if you don't, it's probably best you get your CAMS. You should have your CAMS right away. Anyone applying for any job, I believe, in AML that has little to no experience should have their CAMS. That gives your employer or future recruiters the basic understanding that you have the fundamental fundamental understanding of anti-money laundering. You know, the ACAMS is so important. You learn so much. Their webinars are amazing. I haven't done any CFCS webinars, but the free webinars online for ACAMS are great. They're, any kind of information that ACAMS has, their networking events are probably one of the most insightful networking events. The fact that they only charge 15 to $25 is a steal. The fact that most employers, in, at least in Toronto, maybe you know in New York City as well, will allow you to take time off to attend these as actual continuing education is amazing. These are the things that you have to take advantage of. Any businesses usually they also have like you know lunch and learns or breakfast breakfast clubs where they talk about certain events. You have to start learning what the what the current situation is in AML, what the current risks are, because that's what's going to help you get those buzzwords when you're in front of other people. Because that's what they're going to be talking about, and you want to understand the language that they're going to be talking about. Some parting advice when I talked to Mar said you know leave the people with something you know. Uh, in the future, I will be doing webinars, or sorry, I will be doing podcasts with recruiters. I'm hoping I'm going to reach out to a couple of New York City recruiters. Hopefully leveraging this podcast as a forum that can maybe help them and they can help me kind of understand and from a recruiter's point. I'm just giving you the understanding from a professional's point of view, an employee point of view, but recruiters will have a different dynamic of what employees, employers are looking for and what are some of the technical things, what you really need. So... This is just really from a, a person that works in AML standpoint. In the future podcast, I will be touching upon what recruiters are looking for and how recruiters feel that you, you know how to establish relationships with those recruiters. Amar's parting advice is you have to make networking a priority. If, if it is the who you know business in New York City, then you have to go out there and meet people. You have to get embraced in the culture. And, you know, I hate telling people you have to do this, you have to do that, but you don't have to. If you're happy and you're not in AML, then you most likely wouldn't be listening to this podcast anyway. So I'm just hoping that I'm providing some val real value to people that are looking for a job in AML. So if you're not working on the field, make networking a priority. I went to so many networking events. It just happened the first one I went to is how I landed this job. And it was just a random. I was taking a local course. I walked up to somebody that I thought was in the local course. I was doing it nighttime. He did the actual daytime course. We got connected and he sent me a job. You know, originally I didn't want to do it because it was, it was um, a six-month contract of what I thought. So, but, you know, I took a stand and I said, you know, I in order to be in AML and research AML, you know, you have to be in it. It was easy for me to do my other job as a paralegal and then read AML on my lunchtime or in the evenings. But I think some great tips is, especially if you, you have a long commute to work, 
uh, in New York or in Toronto is the podcast. There's a great AML ACAMS Now podcast that's done by, I believe it's John Byrne, uh, the ACAMS. There's also Around the Coin gives you all anything you need to know about the future of financial technology and in life in general. That's probably my top podcast. Breaking Banks is also really good. They interview hundreds of professionals in the industry. And once again, it's the buzzwords. It's what people are talking about. It's the current event. So I would download those two podcasts. Their information will be on the show notes. You know, the last thing Amar wanted to say was establish yourself. You know, what I'm doing with this podcast is really just, for me, it's a personal branding thing. I want to show people that, hey, I think I can actually help people on ACAMS. I'm by no means am I an expert. I've only been in the field in nine months, and I believe that's the, I'm the perfect person to give advice for people just starting out because I just went through this. I know that the shortcomings of what I had to deal with. I took the time to message the 100, uh, 200 LinkedIn professionals and get some insight. So I, I love to just share that insight with you and give people information on how they can do better in AML. You know, I'm not saying I'm going to make you the successful person that's going to get a VP job, but what I am going to do is provide some hacks that can help you get into the field. So I really think it's important to connect on LinkedIn, share articles, comment on people's articles. People that write articles like myself love the connect. We love the engagement. We love when people comment and we're able to comment back and we're talking about comments. I listen to Nako Mabels. I listen to her podcast that she did with, I think it was FinTech Insider. I just love hearing people talk about the same things that I'm interested in. And I'm sure those people enjoy people connecting with them uh, as well. So my parting advice obviously is organically though, you know, connected with, if you're just messaging a whole bunch of recruiters, asking them if they have positions, I never felt that was a way to get a job in AML or anywhere else. You know, one of the best recruiters I know, Aaron Taylor, that worked for AML shop, it's now called the recruiting shop. She gave me hours of advice, free advice. She knew she could never place me in a job because I had no experience. She's busy, busier than recruiter than anyone else I know. And she still took an hour out of her day to sit down and talk to me. She was the one that provided me what are the trends in AML, what are the candidates looking at. And then she invited me to the networking event that ended up leading me to this position where I'm in a manager role at, in HSBC. So those are the little hacks, guys. Just really engaging and having a, a really organic relationship with your recruiters. You know, people have such a on and off relationship I find on LinkedIn. People always comment about how they don't like the recruiting process this person calls. We have to establish a relationship. If you're just looking for a recruiter to get you a job, I think that's obviously that's the end result, but I think that's a bad way of looking at it. If you're looking to create some experiences, I've you know met some great recruiters out in Nova Scotia, just great people. So Sarah Money is, a, is the name that comes to mind. So, uh, you know, participating in conversations I always feel is huge. You know, I think if anyone has any further questions, I know it's difficult on LinkedIn. It's hard to engage on LinkedIn because you don't want your recruiter to know. <laughs> you don't want your current employer to know that you're looking for a job. Do you find that difficult, Desi? It's like, it's hard to say, hey, I'm interested in this job when you're working for so-and-so company and it's posted on your profile. Do you find it difficult to engage? Yeah, that's always kind of hard to, to manage. And I think, you know, I think eventually a few years, just like internet dating was taboo five, six years ago, like before Plenty of Fish and Match.com and Harmony, eHarmony, I think it's going to come to a point where I think em employees should say that they're looking for positions. Employers should say, hey, that employee is looking for a position. I wonder why. Let me have an engaging talk with that employee. That, that's just the way I think that the world should work eventually is that we have an engaging conversation. Hey, I am looking for work. You should be able to tell your employer, hey, I'm looking for work. 
because they should want to know why you're looking for work. Why aren't you happy there? What, you know, what I think every employer, every person in senior management should talk to each individual employee. And, uh, you know, I watch a lot of Gary Vee and he talks about that and the honey, the honey empire. And it just makes sense. It just, if my, if my senior manager took me aside and said, Hey, you know, Stephen, you're doing a, a decent job. What do you want? What do you want out of this job? You know, I feel like I'd be a lot more connected and they do do that. So I guess using myself as a bad example, but for people that get no engagement from their manager or senior manager, I know it's difficult. So for those that don't want to broadcast that they're looking for a job, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. You can email me at stephenbsargent at gmail.com. That will be on the notes. You know, this is my first podcast, guys. I hope it's not my last. I, I love the production of this. I love I love hearing myself talk. So this is a perfect a perfect room that's airtight and has amazing sound quality. Is like uh, is like heaven for me. You know, Desi B, I really want to thank you, Desmond Blackman, for putting this all together and helping me out with my first episode. You know, I'm gonna put this. I don't know where I'm gonna put this. SoundCloud, Podbean. What's the other ones? I yeah, it might even be on iTunes. I might get enough. You know, I might be on the top 50 soon, guys. You know, I want to say thank you so much. And this is AML Audio. This is Stephen Sargent signing off. AML Audio.